everyone. I am Josh Whitney. I am a Star Scout here with Troop 64. And our scripture reading this morning is Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 7 to verse 10. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely became my sheep, have become a prey. And my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts. Since there was no shepherd, and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds had fe have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep, therefore you shepherds hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. There no longer shall shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, and they may not be food for them. Well, thank you for that reading. How are we doing this morning, church? I'm pretty good, too. move a little closer. Well, there once was a man, and the man was very great. He had, he had great wealth and power, and among, uh, among the things that at the man owned, he owned land, and on, on that land, he had a pasture, and on that pasture, he had his sheep. And the man was great, and on, on the great land, he, he used the land for many different things, but up among the items and the animals on the land, the sheep had a special place in, in the man's heart. And so to help with these sheep, this man with with the great land and this great flock of sheep hired shepherds to watch over the sheep and to protect them from what was outside and to nurture the sheep in, in the land. And the sheep that were there in the man's land enjoyed a great blessing because of the man's great generosity. He had given them so many good things. He had given them a good pasture, and he was working to protect his sheep. What or could the sheep want? What harm could come to these sheep as long as they were in, in the man's land? Well, over time, what happens is, is the wolves are on the outside looking in, and the sheep are on the inside looking out at maybe some of the other pastures, and they start to wonder what's out there. And after time, the sheep that the man so greatly loved start to wander away. And this once great flock of this great pasture of this great man, well, over time, it's not as big as it used to be. The sheep are wandering away. And to give you a spoiler to the end of the story, I'm going to go ahead and hop to the end 
and I'll tell you what happens. I'm sure you already know. No matter what happens, the master will search relentlessly for those sheep. Every single sheep that's wandered away, the master will search for the sheep. Jesus promises, as we sung, to leave the 99 in search of the one. And we'll talk more about that great rescue in a couple of weeks. But before we can consider the rescue, before we can consider what the master does, what the man of the house does to go out and bring those sheep home, I want to consider for just a moment how those sheep became lost. I think the big question that I have when I think about the parable of the lost sheep and the different images of sheep in the Bible is whose fault is it? Why did the sheep become lost in the first place? They lived in a great pasture with a great master, and the master was generous, but still those sheep became lost. Some of them did. Why is that? Who is responsible? In a classic whodunit, we have to look at the characters in the image and see who is responsible. That means we have three options. The first is the master of the house, is the man who had the great land. The second option is the shepherds. Maybe it was, it was the shepherds' fault. But we do have a third character. Maybe it was the sheep's fault that the sheep are lost. The sheep in this image, the sheep in this example, both the ones who are remaining and the ones who are lost, the sheep are God's people. The man of the house, you might have guessed, the master of the house is God. And for reasons that we might be obvious, but for reasons that we'll talk about over the next three weeks, the master is certainly not ineffective, and that's why the sheep are lost. The other character that we haven't mentioned is the shepherds. The shepherds are the religious leaders, and for the people of Israel at the, uh, at the time of Ezekiel, the shepherds are the prophets and the priests. So over time, if sheep are becoming lost, and it's not the master's fault, that leaves us with two options. Whose fault is it, the sheep or, or the shepherd? Is it the shepherd's fault? Could the religious leaders, could the prophets and priests have done better for the people of Israel so the people of Israel would not have become lost? Or maybe is it the sheep's fault, the sheep who remain? Could, could those sheep have done better? I think the answer is maybe it's a little, it's a little bit of both, but hopefully we can uncover that this morning. It's certainly easier to point fingers at the other, or the sheep to point fingers at the shepherd, and the shepherd to point the finger at the sheep and say, if they would have done better, master, your sheep would not have, have walked away. But I think as we look at Ezekiel chapter 34 together, I think we need to be asking of ourselves, what can I do better to serve my master? In Ezekiel chapter 34, as, as was already uh, uh, read 
chorus, verse 7 to 10, the prophet is painting a picture to the people of Israel. He um, he's uh, speaking to the people of Israel at, at a time when increasingly the sheep are becoming lost. God's people are walking away from their relationship with God, and they're chasing after other things. They're chasing after other gods, and they're chasing after other lifestyles altogether. And what the prophet is doing here in this image is he is challenging the shepherds of Israel to be better shepherds. He's challenging the shepherds of Israel to do what God has called them to do. In the reading that we'll see next week, he also has a challenge, too, for the sheep who remain. One of the reasons, though, and I, I think when we look at the prophets, it's, it's easy to say, man, the prophets, he, they really don't like all these people that they're talking about, you know, all, all, uh, 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 all of the woes that the prophets often have uh, uh, or the people here, the shepherds and the sheep, it really sounds like Ezekiel does not like the religious leaders. And the reason that he has such harsh words to say, such challenging and strong words to say to the leaders of God's people is because Ezekiel loves the shepherds. Ezekiel loves, loves the people. And when we look at the life of Jesus, when he has challenges and when he has harsh things to say to people, it's not because he doesn't like them. It's because he loves them, and he wants them to be who they were created to be. And so when Ezekiel is saying these words, he's not saying them out of hatred and animosity to the leaders of God's people and to God's people as a whole. He's saying it because he knows what God wants of his people, and he's wondering, why won't you do it? Why won't you follow God how he's asking you to? And so he uh, Ezekiel uses this illustration of the sheep and the shepherd. We uh, see the uh, illustration of, of the lost sheep several times in the Bible. Um, about five months ago uh, uh, in a series, we looked at how Jesus talks about his disciples and us as, as his sheep. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to spend some time considering what God asks of his leaders, but also what God ass of his, his sheep, of, of his people. Among our number here, some of us are sheep and some of us are shepherds, and just because you are one and not the other does not mean that God does not ask a lot of you and give you more than you could ask. And we're going to spend some time in this chapter of Ezekiel, and my hope is, both as shepherds and sheep, we would be reminded of the great love and grace that we have received, but also of the great responsibility that we have, the responsibility to one another, and that we would be encouraged to encourage one another, and that we would hunger and thirst for the word of God as one. This image that I'm using is, uh, uh, is one that is found uh, really all throughout the Bible, but as we look at the sheep and the shepherd imagery, I, I think we might see some new angles in these relationships. In the pasture metaphor, as, as I've already mentioned, God himself is the master of the house. And in, uh, later this morning, we're going to talk about us and the church. But just for a minute, I want to focus solely on Israel and uh, uh, in the life of Ezekiel. God is the master of the house, and over generations and generations, God has been trying to give the people this great pasture through uh, 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 
promises and blessings, generations of working, God has been trying to give his people, his sheep, a great blessing. And time and time again, when God's people are not looking and living like God's people, God continues to rescue his people from from their own errors. God's the master who's been working on his sheep. And in Israel, as, as we've already mentioned, the shepherds are the religious leaders. In the Old Testament covenant law structure, the uh, uh, the prophets and the priests were an integral part of the community as the bridge between God's people and God. They needed the priests to help them uh, uh, live in holiness. They needed the priests uh, or the offerings. The priests, these shepherds, these religious leaders were crucial to Israel's relationship with God. The sheep needed these shepherds to be a part of the pasture, and the sheep then are, are the rest of God's people. So with these image, images of mine, I want to go back to the beginning of Ezekiel chapter 34. This is how the prophet begins in verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me, uh, the, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds. Thus says the Lord God, ah, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves. Should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe, your, clothe, clothe yourselves, you clothe yourselves with wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. A strong charge from the prophet Ezekiel about the religious leaders. And as far as the shepherd image is concerned, it does not seem like the leaders of Israel have been very good shepherds doing some of the things you would expect a shepherd to do to take care of the sheep, to heal them, to bring them back. What was happening just in, in this reading we get a sense of what was happening, but the priests had begun, had, had started to use the offerings that were uh, given to God as a, solely a way to benefit themselves. And they were using the office that they had as a priest to make themselves uh, a, uh, make a uh, aim for themselves, using their office to amass wealth and uh, uh, and um, other uh, uh, other great um, uh, uh, opportunities in the in the community. The priests had had started to manipulate the system, but what they were really doing is they were manipulating the people. They were manipulating the people so that they could have a greater blessing, so to speak. As, as the priests, as the shepherds. They were overcome with selfishness and pride and idleness and laziness. Those are just some of the things that we see here in Ezekiel 34. And whatever the cause, when the shepherds are not looking for the sheep, 
when the shepherds are not helping the weak, when the shepherds are not healing the sick and the injured, when the shepherds are not looking for the strayed and the lost, when the shepherds' hearts, when the leaders' hearts become hardened, their relationship with God withers. But over time, what we see happen is that when the leaders' hearts become hardened, it isn't just their relationship with God that is hurt. It's the relationship of of the people who's also hurt as well. It's the sheep who pay the price when the leaders aren't good. That's what we see happen in Israel. The sheep are the ones who pay the price when the shepherds are are not well. Here's how the prophet continues in verse 5. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with no one to search or seek for them. What a dangerous and lonely place for God's people to be in for those sheep. For someone to feel so hopeless that they genuinely feel like they have no one to turn to. We see this happen around us, right? Maybe it's somebody who is in a rough situation or they're in a rough relationship and they feel like there's no escape. Someone is in a harsh work environment and and they don't feel like like if they leave that job there's something else down the road. When someone's in a place of emotional isolation, we find ourselves in these places where we feel like there isn't any way out. And when you look back and it doesn't seem like there's anyone searching for you, the only solution that you have for yourself is to lower your head and keep on trudging and hope that somehow the situation gets better, to hope somehow that the relationship improves, to hope somehow that the sun will come up. The parable of the, uh, of the prodigal son is a familiar image of, of what it means to be lost. The son takes the inheritance of the father, and he leaves the house, and he squanders his inheritance among worldly living. Even due to our own actions, we can feel this type of emotional isolation. But even in the situation of the prodigal son, the whole time he knows that he has a home to return to. Now, he doesn't, he doesn't know how he's going to go back, and he's trying to wonder, is he going to be welcomed back? But at least he knows that his father is at home waiting for him. These sheep here in Ezekiel 34, the people of God at this time, have become so lost that when they look back home, when they're looking for the shepherd, when they're looking for someone to protect them, they find absolutely nothing. And they're living in a place where they're isolated and they're wondering, am I going to find any help? When they look for shepherds, there is no shepherd to be found. And so the sheep will continue to wander. And the sheep will continue to be lost and weak and injured and helpless. The image that is shown to us here at the beginning of Ezekiel 34 is that it is clear that the sheep need good shepherds. But the question remains, 
even when some of the sheep, or maybe even, even when all of the sheep are lost. Whose fault is it? I think it's really easy to look at the shepherds and say, the shepherds did it. The shepherds were bad. That's why, that's why, the, people, that's why the people were leaving. But I think there's more to the story. What about the sheep? Is there anything that the sheep could have done better? Obviously, there might be something that the lost sheep could, could have done better. Maybe the lost sheep could have been more patient or, or looked to the master more. But what about, I just want to focus on the sheep who remain. What about the sheep who are still in the pasture in this image, so to speak? Could they have helped at all? Maybe the reason in the time of Israel, maybe the reason that the shepherds had become so selfish is because the sheep had left the shepherds to themselves. The relationship goes, goes, both we, goes both ways. Yes, the sheep need the shepherds, but what happens when the shepherds don't have any sheep who are willing? Maybe that leads to the shepherds over time becoming selfish. Just something to think about. Maybe when the shepherds become gluttonous uh, 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 and they're only feeding themselves, maybe the reason the shepherds became that way is because the sheep lost their appetite. Or maybe because the sheep were killing themselves in other places and the shepherds are left alone to themselves. Maybe the reason the shepherds of of Israel became so apathetic, so careless about God's people is because the sheep were settling for spiritual indifference. If the sheep don't care, why should I? Maybe that's something the shepherds were saying. We can't take all the blame off off the, she- uh, off the shepherds, if you uh, look at the history of the Israelite people, they go through seasons where they are really close and really on fire in their relationship with God, and then they immediately after go into a season where they could not be farther from God. And something you see a lot in those seasons is when Israel has poor leaders, Israel has a poor relationship with God. And so there is certainly a lot of responsibility on the shoulders of the leaders of God's people. When leaders turn to money, when leaders turn to other gods, when leaders start to trust in uh, in themselves, you see this in the history of Israelite people. When leaders are bad, so are the people. But also, often in those seasons, the sheep are not without fault. Sometimes, and many times, when you see God's people in Israelite history go through a season where they're far from God, the sheep are actually settling first. The, the sheep are settling for something that's less than God, and the leaders are the ones who follow. One of the first places that we see this is Aaron, the brother of Moses. Immediately after Israel has left Egypt and God has shown his great power and authority over creation and leads God's people out of Egypt, out of slavery, Moses is up on top of the mountain speaking to God and Aaron, at the base of the mountain, makes a golden calf for God's people to worship, an idol. 
And you, it's easy to say, man, Aaron's such a bad leader. If only they had a better leader down there, maybe they wouldn't have done that. But the people settled first. The people were asking for Aaron to do that. Yes, the leaders are to blame. Yes, the shepherds have responsibility. In James chapter 3, it says that spiritual leaders carry a heavier weight of responsibility because they are the ones who are the teachers. They're the ones who are showing God's people uh, or about God's word. But maybe the sheep are not without fault when we look at the, at the Israelites. Maybe if the sheep who had remained had done more to encourage the shepherds. Maybe the shepherds, maybe God's leaders, the prophets and priests, would have done better. Nevertheless, God has some strong words to say to his shepherds in Israel, and I think that we, the church, can learn a lot about what God is asking of his people and what God is asking of his leaders as well. In a, a church context, the image of the shepherds and the sheep is similar. It's not the same, and we'll see why in a minute, but it's similar. In our image, God is still the master of the house. God is still the one who is in charge. God is still the one who has given us the great land and the great blessing. The shepherds are still the spiritual leaders, and the sheep are still God's people. And what God desires from his leaders and what God desires of his people is still the same. God desires to give his people a land, and the journey to that land is going to be rocky, and the shepherds have been put in a place to help the sheep. By the Holy Spirit, God has given us different gifts and different opportunities to, to be a part of that work. And as we mature, as, as, uh, as we grow in our faith, hopefully we're finding new opportunities to follow and, and to serve God. And it's worth noting that there is not one single way to serve God. We read in the New Testament, just because you're an eye and you're out of hand, it does not mean that you are any less a part of the body. Just because you are not a shepherd does not mean that you have any less responsibility to keep your eyes on the master. But God is asking a great deal of his shepherds, of his church leaders, and I think we find a great example of that in Ezekiel 34. God is asking his elders, his ministers, his ministry leaders, God's asking the shepherds to feed the sheep. And this happens through spiritual nourishment, the teaching of the word, the commitment to godly living, and walking along the along with the sheep as we try to do that together. God's asking his shepherds to strengthen the weak and to find the injured. The shepherds are to do that through encouragement and aiding the sheep who are in need. And God's also asking his shepherds to seek and bring back those who are lost, helping to keep the sheep accountable. That's what God's asking of his shepherds. And just like the church, or just like the Israelite leaders, when church leaders are not willing to do those things, it's the sheep often who will pay the price. But when Christians, 
stray from the faith, when Christians walk away from their relationship with God, is it always just the shepherds who are at fault? And I would say no. Even if the shepherds are poor, maybe they're worn down and they need encouragement. Even if the shepherds have become spiritually gluttonous, only focused on themselves, maybe what the shepherds need is to see sheep who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Don't get me wrong, sheep need good shepherds. The church needs good leaders. In fact, we are looking for more people who are willing to lead God's people. But maybe when people are going maybe when people are going astray, instead of hoping that someone else is going to do something, instead of hoping that one of the leaders is going to go after that sheep, instead of hoping that someone else is going to see that person in need and do something about it, maybe, just maybe, the sheep who remain have a responsibility to look out and encourage one another as well. Just because you are not officially in a shepherding role does not mean that God does not want his sheep to care about his sheep, to care about spiritual nourishment, to care about encouraging one another, and yes, care about even encouraging your shepherds. We'll see more of that next week. God is clear, though, that he holds his shepherds with a great deal of individual responsibility. What God wants for all of his people is that all of his people would owe him and have a relationship with him. Next week, we're going to focus a little bit more on the sheep, but I want to stop right here in the image, thinking about how God's people, the sheep, need good shepherds. The purpose of this series, of this study, is not to point fingers at all. If they would just do better, maybe there wouldn't be so many problems, either the sheep looking at the shepherds or the shepherds looking at the sheep. Instead, I hope that it challenges each one of us to say, what can I do better to lead God's people to grow in their relationship with him? What can I do if I'm a sheep to assist my shepherds? What can I do if I'm a shepherd to better encourage my sheep? With this prophecy in mind, I want to present us the simple truth of the gospel that sets our image apart from the image of the shepherd and the sheep in Israel. Quick word of encouragement to the shepherds of the church, spiritual leaders, myself included, need to continue to be mindful of the sheep. And in the work that we do, aim for obedience and humility before our master. A quick word of encouragement to the sheep, never stop hungering and thirsting for the word of God. Continue to look to encourage one another and point the sheep to assist the elders in the work that the master has for all of us. But here's the good news, the simple, the simple good news of the gospel. Here's what sets the church apart from the people of Israel. Here's where the image, the metaphor of the sheep and the shepherd breaks down. That even when the sheep go astray, even if the pasture has the worst shepherds, even if there are no shepherds at all, 
our master is the shepherd. And he will seek his people out. He will seek his lost sheep out wherever they are. That was his promise to Israel then, and that is what he has fulfilled in our lives through his son, Jesus, right now. God has sought us out even when we were so lost in sin. God personally came to us at the personal sacrifice of his own son so that we, the lost sheep, could be rescued, so that we could have a relationship with him. And even when the leaders, even when the shepherds are less than perfect, even when the sheep are indifferent, God is still able to rescue his people from the clutches of sin. Here's a different way to put it. God promises rescue even when the sheep and the leaders fall short. Because the truth is, even with the best leaders, and even with the best sheep, without Jesus, we are still lost. The question, I think, isn't whose fault is it? Because the truth is, both the sheep and the shepherds have a little bit of the blame. But the question for us today is, since God has rescued us, since God has rescued us from sin, what are we going to do now as a church? As we conclude this morning, I just have a couple questions that I want us to think about this week. Questions for the sheep and the shepherds. It's okay if you don't remember them. I'll email them out tomorrow. The first question is, what sheep has God put around you who need encouragement? What sheep has God put around you who need encouragement? That's something both the sheep and the shepherds need to be asking. The second question, are there any gifts or blessings that God has given you that you have maybe been hoarding for yourself? and could be a blessing to other people. Something that both the sheep and the shepherds need to be asking ourselves. The last question is, has your hunger and thirst for the word of God ever been a blessing to other people? Has it ever been used to fill someone up? And as we think about these questions, regardless of if we're a sheep or a shepherd, we're someone who is a part of the pasture, someone who's lost, as we're thinking about our responsibility as God's people to care about God's people, I hope we're encouraged. I hope we are encouraged to know that there once was a man who owned a pasture, and it was a beautiful pasture, and that man worked hard so that that pasture would be green and would be the perfect place for his sheep. His sheep were blessed and protected and loved, but over time, as the wolves were looking in and the sheep were looking out, the sheep were left to their own devices as they wandered away. And when those sheep were becoming lost, the owner of the house came out from the great pasture and sent his only son, Jesus, so that every single one of those lost sheep would have the opportunity to come home. And they would never feel like they never had a place to go home to. 
if you are one of those if you are one of those lost sheep this morning and you have never received the forgiveness of your sins you have never received the great blessing and gift of the holy spirit that comes from a relationship with jesus christ the son of god we would love to help you start that relationship all you need is jesus turn your eyes upon jesus as we sung this morning it's time for the lost sheep to come home if you are one of the sheep or the shepherds who remain and maybe recently your relationship with god has seemed a little bit selfish and maybe you haven't been looking to other people in your community to give them encouragement because you've been so focused on yourself and so caught up in our own anxieties and our own lives maybe your spirit your heart has hardened and become become withered, become withered no matter how far god's people stray he desires to reclaim his shepherds he desires to 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 find his sheep we are at a time where the church desperately needs good shepherds but we're also at a time where the church desperately needs good sheep who are excited to be a part of their master's house if you have any need this morning, whether it's here in person or if you're joining us on Facebook Live, we would love to help you with that need. We would love to pray for you. If you have never become a Christian, we would love to baptize you in the name of his son. If you have any need, why don't you make it known right now as we stand and sing.